0: few things where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Maser and I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Evakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at evokind.com. Um something I've been waiting to tell you about for a while now. Yeah. I know. I can't believe I still haven't heard this story. <laughs> is uh, like last week I was riding the train during rush hour in the morning. And you know, we, we both take the C train. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's never comes. It's like always nine minutes between trains, always packed, always such a thing. Mm-hmm. All- it's just- Nine minutes, 15. Exactly it, 15. Between trains? Yes. what well, it depends. depends. It depends. I have a timer in my- it, you know, uh, I have one of those boards in my station and it always says 15. I have a board, too, but it, it yeah, it depends. It, All right. I, I'm trying to be nice to see trying because I don't want it to be out to get me more <laughs> than fine. it already is. That's fine. OK. So I get on the train, as does someone who is wearing rollerblades. As you do rollerblades it's so she didn't get on the train she rolled on the train that's right she she i guess yeah what is the pro what is the act of you blade on the train blade, blade yeah. she bladed i on- know this because my mother was a very active, active rollerblader, rollerblader yeah. for a long time so um, well your mother would be disappointed to learn this person was not wearing wrist guards or knee pads or any of the protective gear that she would have demanded wow so this girl this woman bladed mm-hmm. onto the train um <clears throat> guess what's not great on a train <laughs> Roller rollerblades during rush hour this woman was tall she was actually very striking looking she was very pretty she like in addition to the rollerblades was wearing a backpack which just felt oh like oh my gosh well that double middle is, finger like she was like in addition totally to, to wearing rollerblades I'm gonna wear a backpack so I don't care about any of you wow I, I don't I don't respect you at all and wouldn't wasn't holding on to anything no. for a while okay eventually she did but Clara there were like three stops where she was not holding on to anything and was just sliding no. around the car and was obviously bumping into everyone and the backpack. Was she apologizing? Was she distressed? No, she was like listening to music or a podcast or no, something. No, this is wild. It's, it was wild. Wow. It was wild. And I also feel like there are so... Did I, anybody say anything to her? No, but there were eyes made across like, the train at various people. Like, like I looked at a person who was sitting... In front, sitting in front of where she was blading, and that person just—I like, don't think it's blading if you're not actively doing it. If <laughs> yeah. the train is tossing you around, then you're just rolling. There's no term for it because it's not something that, that got into that is us rolling. Yeah, right. Yeah. Blading is when you're purposefully propelling yourself That's forward right. in see. a when direction yeah. you chose. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you're just scooting around yeah. the train yeah. because it's lurching forward between uh Hoyt and Jay Street. That's something else. She got on at your stop. Yeah. I was I was okay so yeah watch out for this one watch out for this one yeah the woman who was sitting down across from her just like looked at me and like it was like a half smirk half laugh half like can you believe this place where we live and that this is this thing that we do I honestly don't know if I'm more upset about the rollerblades or the backpack like obviously the rollerblades but on the other hand Enough people wear and have worn backpacks on the subway for it to be, like, a cardinal rule. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, You do not wear backpacks on the well, subway. Well, there, are, there's there are signs. signs. There actually are no, yeah. no rollerblading that's signs. That's the thing. She was trying to be a little bit of a pioneer, and sometimes that involves, like, offending people or failing yeah. or whatever, and that's just part of, like, being yeah. a first, right? Yeah. The backpack thing is inexcusable. People have done that. People have failed, and now we have signs. Yeah. No, totally. So, the, yeah, the rule— I can't tell you truly which I'm more upset about. And to be honest, I kind of would have liked to see the rollerblades thing. So I wouldn't be upset if she did it again just so I could see it. Because I mean, it's really funny. That's rude. But also, <laughs> here's a question sorry, I had. Sorry, I'm not honoring your experience properly. <laughs> here's a question I had. My subway station doesn't have any elevators. Mm. So I'm guessing she also, what, sidestepped her way down the stairs <laughs> to get onto my platform in the rollerblade. Well, and like, did she, she, she change into in her backpack? Claire, I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm, a lot of questions, eccentric, <laughs> very eccentric. <laughs> speaking um, of, speaking of eccentric, um, we started selling this perfume that I'm super into that the world is obsessed with. Yes, everybody's um, really obsessed with it. It is from this line, Eccentric Molecules, and it's called. Do you molecule think it's eccentric? O- o- eccentric? See, I say it as eccentric, eccentric, eccentric because you're right. It's a you're play right, on you're words. right. You're right. You're It's eccentric. Eccentric scent. Yeah, I mean, eccentric <laughs> would also be it could also be a play on words. Um, mm-hmm. But then you wouldn't have the spelling. You yeah, wouldn't have the proper totally. spelling. Yeah. Um, eccentric, you're yeah. right. Eccentric Molecules, Molecule 01. Mm-hmm. So the thing about this perfume is that it is this single aroma molecule. It's like mm-hmm. a one-note fragrance. Yeah. It's this Iso-E Super Molecule that apparently is pheromone-like. Wow. Um, it has this kind of like sandalwoody <clears throat> scent or whatever, mm-hmm. but really the whole thing with it is that it reacts to your own body and it makes you just like smell like a better version of you. Wow. So Um, it smells different on everybody. So it smells different on everybody. It was mentioned, if you want like more of a deep dive on this, it was mentioned in this article in the New York Times Style section a while ago about basically how millennials want perfumes that smell like nothing. (laughs) That's like actually the concept of the article. And apparently this thing is like kind of the OG in that space. And it, um, is the like best selling indie perfume ever wow yeah isn't that interesting huh well, um, you can i you can get it for 10% off on of a kind with a code of few
1: things you sure can hmm
0: Our guest today is Jordan Salcido, who is the director of wine special projects at the family of Momofuku restaurants. She is also the founder of Bellis Wines and Drink Ramona, Inc., which is an Italian grapefruit wine spritz. Hey, Jordan hello it's so it's so wonderful to be here Thank thanks so you. much for being here yeah. oh my gosh we're so excited to talk to you can you tell us what an italian grapefruit wine like? Yeah, i is. feel like we're learning so much already All this, I, yes. what i know so far is it comes in a beautiful can a skin that that has, like tall skinny very italian It has a great hand can. feel yeah
1: <laughs> It, do, it my hand fits around it, great. It yeah, does, it looks so good. I wish Thank everyone you. could see this instead of just here. <laughs> it but. does look
0: really nice, and you go as yeah. well with your nail polish. Thank too. you. Wow, well, which I know all... isn't the point, but hey, we're all on we are. the same neutrals, orange, pink
1: colors. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Tell tell
0: it to me in such color and detail that it's like I'm drinking it. Okay,
1: so <laughs> yeah. we think of it as a love child between a mimosa and an aperol spritz. I love where this wow, is going. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't want that? And that and basically the reason it exists is because it it didn't and. Mm-hmm and i wanted it to yep. and we just felt like there were so many moments so my husband loves beer and i i'm the, that person who wishes that i i enjoyed the beer experience mm-hmm. yeah and, and i me. respect me too. yeah yeah me too because they're like these people who like pontificate about you know like cracking open a cold beer and that makes me want to just like have a glass of ice water <laughs> yeah <laughs> um,
0: Makes so, you want to not drink. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> cool. I'll skip that party. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just felt like there were so many moments like that where what what I really wanted was either a margarita, but like an excellent margarita that yeah. somebody who knows how to make margaritas is making, which is hard <clears throat> to come by if you're just like looking for yes. that drink. Yes, yes. Because yes. so many times I'd be like, I'll have a margarita, and then it's like that, sugary, that triple yes. like flavor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with like the neon green like lime yep. substitute. Yeah. So then like the margarita was no longer safe. And then like the other thing that just always is like refreshing and desirable is an Aperol spritz. Truly. And that was something like I remember the first time I had it, it was uh, during a harvest in Montalcino. Wow. Which sounds <laughs> no, it's, better than I the love, first time first... I had it. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds much more romantic than it was. So, okay. So you so have what this... is the process of yeah. actually
0: going from this idea to actually creating this, this yeah. drink?
1: Okay. So, all right. So fast forward to basically the, the sort of moment. Moment for wanting Ramona to, for committing to this idea of Ramona was um, after, it was, I guess, fast forward to 2015. Yeah. Um, and I was in, it was a moment of like a lot of momentum. In this fine wine direction, yeah. so I was taking the taking the master sommelier exam for the third time. Wow! And there was a lot writing on this particular time. Because and that that test is crazy, 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 crazy. It yeah. is pretty crazy. What's that amazing documentary about? Yes, it? Som Yeah. Yes, and it is an amazing documentary. Mm-hmm. And I think they they do a really good job of, of sort of sh- shadowing those four guys. And it's it's a really good insight into the preparation required. Um, and I felt really lucky mm-hmm. and well-positioned because I had had some good mentors. I had passed the blind tasting exam on mm. the first try. Wow. And then I passed nothing the second time. Mm-hmm. It's one of those tests where, like, you pass the advanced exam and you're like, I got this. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard, but I got it. And then you take it and you're like, whew, and it feels like someone knocks the wind out of oh. you. So that was, I mean, I think those experiences are always good. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to pass blind tasting right away. And then the second time, I studied way more than Mm. I had the first time, but Mm -hmm. not quite enough. And the feedback was like, you're closer, you really are. Mm -hmm. There's progress here. Here's progress. Yeah. So like the third year was 2015 and at that point we were actually just opening co or we mm-hmm. had just reopened co in that winter of yep. 2014 which is like the
0: fanciest of the momofuku restaurants yes. that had, yeah which was a very which is a, not a departure but like a certainly an evolution of the brand 100%. yeah
1: and that was dave saying like i give you permission to take the resources that you need to build a great program hmm. i believe in wine i believe in wine culture i hired you to invest in this and this is this Is your first shot to like build this? Is the restaurant that will have that program? Yeah, we, we're not going to have that program at Noodle Bar or <laughs> yeah. Sambar or these, these other restaurants that are also amazing. But the place, like, Co gets the Zalto glasses, Co gets carte blanche, Co gets to like define its wine program however it wants. And that was this amazing opportunity. And uh, and it's such a fun place to build a pairing because mm-hmm. build a pairing and a list because. Because when you buy for a group and when you're looking at a group overall, you can sort of you you get access to all the allocated things yep. where like normally you d- you don't get the revenue or you don't get the whatever. And and then also in New York, we have this amazing auction market. And we also have this amazing access to consignment where mm-hmm. if you... So then you're buying like smaller, <coughs> or just like one-off bottles you're here and there. You're picking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. The first thing we did when I took over the programs at the original Space for Co., we turned it into an all-sparkling pairing. And that mm. was something that Dave and I had spoken about on like one of my early interviews. And he was like, yeah, you know, I just want, like, I want Momofuku, like, I want you to take this idea that we have for all of our restaurants and apply that notion to the beverage program, which is like, understand the rules and then break them. Mm -hmm. Don't let don't let status quo define anything you do, mm-hmm. um, which was always the most amazing mandate of Momofuku. And so we turned the beverage program or the pairing into an all sparkling pairing where we're like, okay, the, the boundaries are sparkling. We have to live within that, but it doesn't have to be sparkling wine. It could be beer. It could mm-hmm. be sparkling mm-hmm. sucking. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, so it's about 2015. What, and you've <laughs> you a lot of- going on. Yeah. So a Coe's opening, of- you're studying yes. for the Master Smiley exam. Yes, and, and we have that one... So so it's my last time to pass before I ever yeah. said. Um, and the other relevant thing is like we've just in basically what what then ends up becoming like a two-week period of time, get nominated for outstanding wine service at Co remember Bobby Stuckey came in and was like, this is this is the best wine experience I've had in m- recent memory. Wow. Yeah, and it was the because mo- Bobby is like a huge <laughs> idol of mine, and that was an amazing thing to hear. So I know that I'm on the floor every night. I'm studying for the exam. Like, this is my year to pass kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I will yeah. never have the opportunity to study this much for this test again, and it's my last year, and everything's riding on this. So past, has already passed uh, tasting, um, take theory and it was the first time I've ever taken theory and it felt easy where I just like knew the answers. Mm-hmm. It's was like, okay, I think I got that. Who knows? I won't know yeah. for a couple days, mm-hmm. but that felt good. And then the next day was service. And I'd heard advice like, okay, you know that you've passed service when you actually have fun. Hmm. And so, and I felt like I was having fun. I was like, huh, this is weird. Like I didn't run out of time. I felt like I was having fun. You just never know. But like, right. it's possible that I passed. I didn't flub on answers like there was yeah it was it, just like
0: good flow yeah, it was good yeah.
1: flow yeah it was just it was like huh like is this is did I did I pass like I don't know and that was like you know you live with that question mark mm-hmm. for like a few hours and then I got results and um and and I knew that if I had passed Jay Fletcher was going to give me my results because that's like how it was going to work and instead it was this woman named Melissa and she comes over and like I immediately knew I didn't pass and I was like huh and I could, like, feel myself welling up with tears. And I was like, was it theory? Like, mm-hmm. And she's like, no, theory was strong. And I was like, huh, oh, really? So it was service? And she's like, yeah, you know, we just didn't feel like you seemed like yourself on the champagne table. And I was like... It was the champagne table, <laughs> and you guys who have actually never seen me work in a real restaurant yeah, yeah. thought that I didn't seem like myself. What is myself? How do you know myself? <laughs> How do you know myself? Is this real feedback? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, actually yeah. <laughs> not, like, I passed the other two tables and not this one because you, a group of people who've never seen me in a real restaurant, have decided I don't seem like myself. That was, like, a tough pill to swallow, yeah. and then four days later, I found out I was pregnant with our son, Henry. Wow. And we were at a wedding in Italy. So I was in Italy, and I had a couple of meetings for Bellis already, mm-hmm. and Bellis is a uh, small wine. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's it's a much different kind of thing than Ramona. It's, yeah. The point is basically connect small growers who are growing our grapes organically with uh, and make the wine with them and then be able to donate a percentage of proceeds, um, which is something that we've been able to do. And it's, yeah, it's it's great. I love that we are able to do that. because. Yeah. Um, and, and it also led to sort of this network of growers that, uh, that we were able to, to tap and work with for Ramona. Um, but it just felt like that was this very good sign from the universe. Like, okay, cool. Like you had everything writing on this. Or so you thought, but in reality, you like, thought
0: that's the only basket
1: to put your eggs yeah, in. Like this is it, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then it was just this amazing wake up call. Like actually, the journey is the point. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, with that. And and it, like it was hard to sort of say like, okay, cool. What if I drop everything and put everything down and like and only focus on this? Like, will I then maybe seem more like myself in a time where I felt like I did was myself anyway? So it was just yeah. hard feedback to sort of know what to do with whereas like previously when i'd gotten feedback from the court it was amazing feedback that Mm -hmm. i could say like oh yeah you're right i should have i should have had the restaurant in mind i should have made that upsell and i didn't because that left money on the table for the restaurant Mm. or you're right i just did not study my spanish wines and i should have i ignored like i ignored a section of spanish wines that i like would need to know back Mm. in front if i'm going to pass this exam Mm. and the fact that it was not that kind of feedback and that I felt like I studied to the point and, and passed. You prepped. You like did all yeah, the prep. I did. Yeah. And it and I think like the thing was like I just am grateful for that experience because I made an amazing network of people. And like I think sometimes you can control things and you can control you. I was I felt like I, I controlled the things I was able to control. Yeah. And then and then had this amazing opportunity to be like, OK, cool. If that's like the kind of feedback I'm going to get from this, it's time to like go after this idea that's lived in the back of my head for a while. So this then you thing. find out you're pregnant, and you're like, "Well, this seems like a good a good time to start a new company." Yeah, <laughs> and and it was like the real time I got to focus on it was when Henry was born, and I was on maternity leave. Amazing! That's that, super. That, interesting. That's such an inspiring story of maternity leave. Well, and I would say like I was lucky, and Henry was an amazing, sweet mm-hmm. baby, uh, but also babies sleep a whole bunch, right? And so you get this like three month window and like yeah. at that time if you if you're lucky if you're lucky yeah. yeah yeah we're like no one you're not like on call to make sure that like the by the glass selection is like not <laughs> running out on the next vintage like yeah. that was all sort of handled and so yeah. yeah and that was amazing and then talking with Dave when I was coming back and he was so amazing about you know, sort of this flexible schedule, and, mm-hmm. and I was so lucky in that regard. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, and then Ramona just got it would just. So you, so while you were on maternity leave, what were you doing for Ramona at that point? Were you coming up with branding and names, finalizing recipes okay. like mm. that? Mostly mm. recipe mm-hmm. stuff. Like the name. I I actually came up with a name like that same week of passing of not passing the MS exam. Huh. How'd you really come up with the name Destiny? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the name was named after my littlest sister's childhood alter ego scapegoat. Oh Amazing. my god, that's good. Yeah. yeah the yeah. trouble the troublemaker. <laughs> Ramona Quimby. It <laughs> yeah. was hundred yeah. percent Ramona Quimby. So yeah. she was obsessed with those books and and then at like some point between like five and seven, decided that she would blame everything she did that she wasn't supposed to on Ramona. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's
0: like perfect inspiration for a booze, I (laughs) guess. Yeah, completely. (laughs) Blame it on
1: Ramona. So how do
0: you go about thinking about product like like you you know you already had a wine line but Mm -hmm. that was much closer to where you were already working in the wine space how do you go about putting something in a can which just feels like a real departure and yeah Yeah.
1: okay so the goal was accessibility Mm -hmm. and and that was like the thing that i just felt was like very obviously missing from the market is something that was accessible and also high quality yeah and i think the consumer Like we're just asking tougher questions of everything that we purchase and consume. And I felt like as a consumer, and as somebody who also like saw a very wide swath of the world of wine, there was nothing I was willing to consume that was like accessible, yeah, um, mm-hmm. or packaged as like this ready to drink thing. Nothing that you could like pop the top
0: on, yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, and and why wasn't there? And like yeah. there was this. The more I just was thinking about it, it's like I know that I would like I I actively purchase water instead of instead of beer at a thousand different experiences throughout yeah. the course of a year, or maybe a hundred. But like yeah. yeah, and 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 I was not the only person who felt that way. And there's, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. Now we have a lot more conversations with with the beer companies that are that are smart and they're investing in other companies that are not beer because as they're telling us, like people are becoming a little bit more particular about yeah they everyone just wants to know what they're consuming and there's yeah, a, yeah, yeah yeah a desire for transparency and there's a dry, desire for um yeah it's sort of well like, i think people know their taste
0: better too yes. than they did even a decade 100%. ago i feel like before you know you'd be like i like white or red or i like yes. like dry or whatever but i yes. think people now get what they like yes. and want what they like hundred percent
1: so what isn't a can of yeah. So Zabibo grapes, they're okay. from Sicily. It's uh, related to Muscat of Alexandria or mm-hmm. it's a variation or strain of Muscat of Alexandria, which sort of tastes like Riesling when it's mm. fermented dry. So okay. it's a little bit aromatic. It's mm-hmm. not like that sweet sticky thing that you think of with like a sweet late harvest Muscat mm-hmm. of Alexandria. Um, and it's aromatic and zippy and refreshing zippy, zippy. what a good adjective <laughs> seriously <laughs> and so we just so when i you know was thinking about grapefruit it's like grapefruit is the the fruit answer to Apérol, where it's not oh, too bitter and yeah. it's not too sweet and it's balanced and it's also in season in in winter time, so it's mm-hmm. a, it's like delicious all year round. Mm-hmm. So it's not like oh, it's like in January you're eating grapefruits yeah. because that's what's in season. Yeah, so there's yeah, grapefruit yeah. juice in here in addition to the wine. Yeah. So the okay. only ingredients are uh, organic SabiBo grapes, mm-hmm. grapefruit, and then organic grape juice. Okay, as well, and then it's lightly carbonated. And you recommend it with ice. Yes, yeah. we say. It's wine without rules, so I think yeah. It, <laughs> so you, you can pour you some want. seltzer in here. You can like we the the two second Paloma is Ooh. like a big hit. Actually, that was my husband Robert, who's oh, like so you throw some tequila in. Yeah, he nice. oh. was the first one to do that, and he is like the opposite of the target market. Yeah. And I don't say that there is a target market. I say like I'm the target market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The target market is anyone who doesn't want to drink a beer in these moments right. or wants something like uh, yeah likes aperol spritz. Wants something that's well, lower alcohol also just like any alcoholic drink in a can that's not beer right like a can can is a very convenient way to drink but the only thing that comes in it that's alcoholic is a beer yes and and organic and Mm -hmm. for me that was important Mm because it's like well i know i know what people don't have to write on wine bottles and the reason why i think sulfites get so maligned and so confusing is because it's written there on any bottle of wine. So mm-hmm. any and actually sulfites or sulfur dioxide dates back to the Roman Empire. So mm. and it also occurs naturally during fermentation mm-hmm. and there are significantly more sulfites in a spoonful of ketchup or a handful of raisins than there are in a bottle of wine, but it's the one thing that has to be written as opposed to like the horrible pesticides and herbicides and all of that 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 just get sort of Sprayed across mm-hmm. vineyards because it's a safety mechanism. Right, <clears throat> because... right,
0: right, right, right. With like the th- same thing that happens with all of our food. Yes, yeah, exactly. You can just say tomatoes and yes, that's exactly. all a manner of
1: sense. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to know to ask the questions. Yeah. And that's not anything that the industry wants anyone doing unless, yeah. So I think we're starting to see that shift with wine. And it just felt like if we're going to do this. Like I, I genuinely want a product that I want to consume. and. Therefore, we have to use organic grapes. Is there an ideal food pairing with Ramona? Mm, let's see. So we have a few. Tacos. Ooh, pizza. Okay. Salad. All, a lot of my favorite tay. food, food oh, groups well, you've all those this week. Yeah. yeah. Friends. yeah. Friends. <laughs> Pizza and Ramona's French really fries. good. Wow, I'm in vanilla ice cream and Ramona's really good. Oh, wow, have strong feelings yeah. about vanilla ice cream too. So, <laughs> yeah, vanilla I'm in. ice cream gets talked yeah. about a lot here. Oh right? yeah, Actually, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Haagen wow. Dazs vanilla beans specifically. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's the classic. Best. Yeah, classic. Mm-hmm. Most really? classic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and now coming this summer, you're going to be selling Ramona at Whole Food stores across the country. Yes, that's huge wow. scale. Thanks, yeah. Jeff yeah. Bezos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. How do you scale to that level? Yeah. So uh we the first Ramona that we made, we yeah. made um in New York State. We brought over <clears throat> organic Sicilian Zabibo. Yeah. And we brought over everything from Italy, which seemed like a good idea at the time. I was like, Oh good, we'll have control. Like we'll just I'll just drive up to the finger lakes. And we yeah. Yeah. we had a mobile canner come up. Uh initially there were like so few canning lines that the mobile canner was gonna have to come up from Arizona. What? But he was like, Don't worry, good news. <laughs> like I have a friend who has a friend who has a friend who's going to have a canning line, and he's based in DC, so it'll be way way easier. way than easier. Yeah, totally. <laughs> also, just like a mobile canner—that's not something I've ever thought about before. It, it is like a, jobs like, you didn't know you could have. A hundred percent, and they're amazing people. And like, this is like a rollicking industry right yeah. now. but like, we were the first customer on this brand new canning line, and huh. like a number, like everything always takes yeah. later than you think of or course. more time than you think, yeah. and like we we were actually the first. Like the canning line was supposed to be done in May, but instead it was done in August. And so our canning run was like the end of August. Mm-hmm. And um, and by the time we made enough, we made more than we thought we should make. But we're like, well, it only we can only justify doing this if we can bring enough. Like, I guess we'll we'll just make this and we'll just we'll just figure it out. Um, and then we accidentally sold out before the first day of summer. Whoa. Yeah. That's incredible. And so like we like launched in winter and then sold out and then By that point, figured out, like, okay, cool, there's got to be a better way than, like, shipping up the mobile canning team Mm -hmm. from... DC, DC, so DC. close, but yeah. still. Yeah. And then, and so then, close when you think about what it could have been. Yeah, yeah. And there's they were amazing people. It took us six days to can that first run. Wow. And so, like, and you pay for everyone's lodging and everyone's meals, and, and you also pay for overtime at the facility and on the canning side. Yeah. And so it became extremely expensive, and it's actually much cheaper to buy a... Uh, a, a round-trip ticket to Italy on short notice because that's sort of now how it <laughs> yeah, works. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, your canning date's in yeah. 10 days.
0: So you're like, okay, we're going. Yeah, yeah. all
1: right, I'll be there. Um, and, yeah, so we moved production to Italy. It took, of course, longer than we thought mm-hmm. just because then you need buy-in from the Italian government as mm-hmm. well as the U.S. government and just the organic wow. certification and yeah. label process, all that. So we moved uh, production and did our next canning run in August last August oh
0: my gosh which meant that
1: by the time it arrived Uh so we were out of product June through October and then in November right in time for like the dead of winter totally luckily there's grapefruit luckily luckily this this profile suits winter exactly and then we got Ramona in then in December we had a nice note from Devin that said uh you congratulations you are part of the summer program Wow. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. That's crazy. And I hear you're going to be in Chipotle in New York. Yes. So we get to work with a few test stores in Chipotle. We're super excited. They're doing a uh, big revamp of all their (laughs) beverage program. That's cool. Yeah. They've hired this amazing woman named Hannah, and we've been chatting with her, and she just has a lot of really fun ideas. And they're doing, yeah, they're like already, I think you can see it, they're like eaters picked up a couple of things, Mm. but they have a really fun New beverage program, and we are excited to be part of this. That's amazing. This test market. Yeah. Um,
0: Hey, how do you think that spritzes suddenly started to make inroads in the U.S. finally? Okay. Because I feel like it's been like three years or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm later to this than you, obviously.
1: (laughs) All right. So I think think two things. I think thing one is like look back to the 80s when there were wine coolers, which were bad. Mm -hmm. For me, I remember trying one and being like, hmm, this is like better than beer. And then they disappeared because Congress passed an excise tax in 1991. I'm sure because of like the beer lobby that quintupled the tax on wine based products in favor of malt. Oh, so that's when feels like... like a tampon tax. Yeah. yeah. You know what I
0: mean? Because it's like a tax on women drinking. <laughs> You're
1: a hundred percent right. I never yeah. thought of that. You're right. Like why was I drinking Natty Light in college? Because that was literally the only yeah. option until I discovered Andre Champagne, which is like <laughs> A five dollars. What a discovery!
0: We know what Andre <laughs> <Yeah. is.
1: laughs> and Francia blush. Yes. <laughs> and now I'm like ah, Francia blush. Why didn't we? Yeah. So I think that was like like people liked that idea of a wine alternative. Yeah, and then and then the beer lobby made it go away. And so that was I think thing one. But like there was interest always, and mm-hmm. that was like. That was like the other reason for Ramona was like, hey, whatever happened to those? Mm-hmm. Like they were sort of good. Actually, they were horrible. But like they had yeah. potential. Someone yeah. should do them better and like update them. So our our uh, tagline is actually it's wine but cooler.
0: <laughs> it's really good.
1: It's really like if you good. know what a wine cooler is, I mean, yeah, you, you get, get it. it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, well, it's still you'll good. Still, yeah, <laughs> still a good line. And then I think people started realizing that like the thing. Like, it's just easier to drink five Aperol spritzes instead of five margaritas where, like, you either have that tolerance or you don't. Or, like, a couple martini, Like, any Mm -hmm. sort of drink like that is just a different thing. And I think that coincided with this age of Instagram and sort of, like... They're pretty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they're pretty, but also, like... Remember, like, the early Facebook days where, like, you're looking on Facebook and, like, everyone's trashed on Saturday night and, like, you can tell, like, the makeup's... I feel yeah. People are now... And this is just anecdotal, but it does seem like people are more image conscious and they're... Well, like, there's also just a interested. move towards wellness yes, in general, which yes, I think yes, speaks to yes, this idea yes. of, like, you don't have to get trashed every time you yes, drink. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's kombucha. There, there right. are these other alternatives. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, I... You know, people want to get stuffed on after, you know, letting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you can have one of these at five yes. with like some snacks or whatever and yeah, still wake up at a normal bed. time in the morning yeah. and go for a run. hundred yeah. yeah. percent. And yeah. if you want something stronger, spike it with tequila or yeah. gin or Aperol or whatever it is that you want. Like you really, we say it's wine without rules. You yeah. really mm-hmm. can sort of make it your own. Um,
0: yeah. Um, something else I discovered about you is that, or just that I hadn't like thought about really is that, You were a pregnant sommelier, which comes with its, like, own whole host of complications. And I had never really thought about what it's like to be pregnant while working in the, like, wine and spirits industry.
1: Uh, It's funny. I remember there was um, an article. It was in a publication, like, a major national publication online. And the woman who was writing it couldn't wrap her head around the fact that I was spitting out the wines that I was tasting oh yeah. yeah she was very worried and she was like trying to make this an article on how I was giving my unborn child fetal alcohol somewhere. oh my god and <sighs> I had to like rewrite it and be like look here Here's is it's yeah. how it works, works. Yeah. and yeah. by the way when I'm not pregnant I'm also spit not out. yeah, yeah. It's part of the, the job. job. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no sommeliers
0: would be able to walk in a straight line.
1: <laughs> 100%. 100%. And it's just, you know, it's just like having a level of discipline that comes yeah. with any profession. Yeah. Just part of understanding wine and writing a good wine list is is knowing what's good on the market and knowing what's bad and tasting a lot and also spitting it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, I was more uncomfortable with the idea of—I was just nervous. And, yeah. And I was nervous that I would, like— be presenting myself in a way that would make other people uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and i think one thing that's like like in general i think you can real especially like if it's people who know you then they're not going to judge you for right. but it's like the forward. outsiders yeah yeah. And, yeah and i was lucky i had a pregnancy where i could hide like with black outfits mm-hmm. and like baggy blazers that like cut in the right way like it was It was easy enough to hide until sort of the third trimester. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was really off the floor for the most part. We yeah. had set up the structure at Co, where I I was there for pre service. I was there during the day and during the setup, and I would work in the back because most of what you I You were doing to more be- like prep, yeah. yeah, prep. Or we were opening Nishi at the time, so I was on the floor at Nishi during the opening as a nine month pregnant sommelier. Wow. But by that point, I was just like, yeah, I'm pregnant, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. this restaurant yeah. needs to get opened, and like I'm responsible for that happening. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, like, I had gotten over any, like, initial, I think that article was, like, very helpful where it's, like, Mm -hmm. seriously, this is how you, this is how people, like, if we're going to have the conversation about being a woman in the wine industry, then let's also have the conversation about being a pregnant Pregnant woman in the wine wine industry. Yeah. 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 Because we are responsible as women for being part of the workforce and also repopulating it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just how it (laughs) goes. (laughs) 100%. Absolutely. 100% um thank you so
0: much for coming this has been such a fun conversation yeah, thank you so Love having you thank Likewise. you Jordan. thank you so much um, you have been listening to a few things. You can hear us every Monday, and you can find us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Follow us at of a kind on Instagram and Twitter, and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. And if you want to advertise, hit us up at advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints. Our audio editing is done by Liz Smith, and we record at Chobra Studios in the East Village. That's the show. guys write in and ask about our theme song. It is called Butterfield East, and it is composed and performed by the Soulful Saints. You can check them out over at DallaRecords.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.